one of my best friend's mother is a huge reader. I didn't know this about her, but we were at her house for a holiday dinner last year, and she mentioned that while she had a quiet life, for example, she never had a full-time job after marriage, she's had the best possible friends. She's read countless authors and developed relationships so close with them, reading book after book, that they've been among her favorite friends, she said. There's something really touching about this, this notion that even if you don't get connected to lots of people, you can develop deep connections through sharing ideas and reading and discussing. Reading can be like developing a friendship with somebody. In these long-form books, you can read somebody talking about war or the history of pickling or anything, really, And as you read more and more between them, you'll start to to see how they think about different things with the same lens, the same perspectives. You might notice, for example, that they're talking about the ways that the pickle makers or the generals collaborated, that they have this interest in how people decide things together, and that probably stems from their own beliefs or from some sort of curiosity or interest. And as you go into these deeper conversations and meet these people, it's fascinating because you develop a much larger sense of what's happening and how to think about the world. And each time you get this extra information beyond just the content, but also how people think, you develop and stretch your own perspectives and thoughts. Often what I really like about this is that you get to hear about lots of things you wouldn't get to hear if you just were talking to your friends. So your friends have been people you've picked for very related and similar interests in your life, whereas these authors can come from much more divergent sources. You can get recommended somebody who thinks the exact opposite of you, or you can get a reference to in one book to another author, and I love that too, when you kind of start in one place and then go to another. You get to even hear, you know, something very interesting, like how they think. Do they just go from point to point to point very efficiently and hierarchically? Or do they go on tangents and meandering and tell stories that actually never get woven back into the book? One of the things that's so fun about doing this in this kind of deep way is it feels like such a nice antidote to what's happening online. When we read online, it's all these very short-form things, you know, 500 words, 200 words, and all much, very much news-oriented. If it bleeds, it leads. If Elon Musk is trying to take his company private or if there's some political snafu with the president, those are the things we're going to be hearing lots and lots about. It's all about drama. And drama feels good and stirs up your emotions, but it doesn't take you into the deeper places of deep thinking and perspectives that really help you stretch your mind. It's just like a a short-term spike of some sort of chemical in your body. You start to feel your alliances and allegiances get tapped, but you don't actually get to have as much depth and as much uh, new understanding. So I'll just tell you about a, a book I recently read, this book, called The Player of Games by Ian M. Banks. In this book, it was a pretty fun, as well as books where I kind of read it just in like two days, Um, got up one morning and just laid in bed and just read the whole, most of it that day, actually. 
And what was so interesting about it was seeing how the ideas and political conversations we're having in the world could be manifest in the future into this this sort of future world. It had kind of a Star Trekian theme that there's this group, a society called the Culture, that had actually figured out how to create peaceful intergalactic collaboration between species and societies, and it had been sort of ruling the world and ruling all the galaxy for a long time, but not in a um, hegemonical way, not with ownership, but much more in this Star Trek utopian, everybody can just do what they want way. And what was really interesting about as you got deeper into it is you got to see that this belief system Ian and Banks was exploring around this egalitarian society came in clash with this new society that the culture had discovered in the last hundred years that they were trying to figure out how to um, basically overthrow. But they wanted to do it in a way that would lead to less ownership and a more egalitarian society. And you got to really engage with um, this whole system, this whole, you know, universe that had these overlapping um, interests that we have in our time trying to think about how power should be structured. And so what's really, you know, important about that is it wasn't a um, sort of dramatic spike in, in emotions for a short term. There were certainly that, like there was a lot of scenes where there was a battle or something scary or something happening that would keep you hooked in. But deeper than that, there was this whole conversation about how does change happen in a society? How does, um, you know, how, do you, how does one person get sucked into just seeing the elite versus the poor and what's going on and the problems in, in this new society they encountered? And then how does one influence that and eventually change it? And how does our irrationality overcome the uh, power structures to help us shift that? 